feature presentation. This weird aberration society. Welcome back to Mutual Aberration Society. I'm Ryan, and today I'm really hyped to talk about a movie that I feel could possibly be the greatest home invasion film ever. And that movie is Door from 1988, directed by Banmai Takahashi. this movie actually it's relatively known outside of the u.s this movie has a level of notoriety and hopefully being that third window films is putting out a a blu-ray of door and door 2 i think on october 30th of this year that'll shed some more light on this movie that i feel like right now It's probably considered an obscure movie, but I wouldn't be surprised if you flash forward a year from now or two years from now, and this is one of those movies that sort of everyone kind of talks about now, as if it was uh, one of those movies that everybody knew about. But like currently, if you even go to look on Letterboxd, this movie's only been watched by 147 people on Letterboxd. Now, I mean, obviously, that's just based on the Letterboxd user base i mean more people have seen this movie than 147 people (laughs) hence them putting out a blu-ray for this movie but that being said i feel like again this is a title that most people probably haven't seen like i want to say a lot of people have not seen this movie and a big part of that reason is because it's hard to find you have to do some some digging to find it and the sequel door 2 is even harder to find now obviously once once the blu-ray comes out uh that'll change but yeah, I mean, this isn't a commercial for <laughs> for the re- Blu-ray release of this movie by any means. No, I, I actually wanted to talk about this movie because after watching it immediately, I was like, this is one of the best movies that I've watched in recent memory in terms of what it does for what it is. Because it's a very simple premise and it's actually kind of elegant in its simplicity. So I'll go ahead and I'll read the letterbox synopsis as I always do, and I'll get into some more detail about Door and why I think it's quite possibly the greatest home invasion movie ever made. So here we go. A housewife, Yasuku, lives in an urban high-rise apartment with her husband, Satoro, and her son, Takuto. Annoyed by spam calls and door-to-door salesmen, Yasuko slams the door on a salesman's finger when he tries to squeeze a flyer through the chain door. He leaves, but the next day, her nightmare starts. Well, that's an okay synopsis. It does describe 
what happens, or at least it sets the stage for what is to happen. And it does leave you wondering, you know, uh, okay, where's this going to go? Because it's, I mean, it stops with, you know, the nightmare starts. So it's at least implicating that, yes, this, some, some sinister shit is going to occur. And I will say this, this movie, it really builds to the final act. And once this movie goes crazy, it does, it goes full crazy, but it takes its time to do it. And that's another element of why I appreciated Door so much when I first watched it. It's because it sets up this very simple idea. Everyone's seen home invasion movies, you know what I mean? Where someone gets their house broken into and by a crazy person or people. I will say this, the French film Inside, for those who haven't watched Inside, it's a... Uh, it's a French home invasion movie about a woman who's pregnant and she's alone in her house and an insane woman breaks in her house to basically cut her baby out of her like she wants her baby. And yes, that seems pretty nuts, right? And it is pretty nuts. But having watched Door, this, this goes back to what I was saying before. This movie is more known outside of the U.S. than it is within the, within the U.S. Because there's no way that those filmmakers i mean i would be surprised if they did not see door because it feels heavily influenced by door in fact i would go so far as to say it's riffing off of door now i'm trying to think about how to talk about this movie and i'm debating on how far i should go in terms of what i talk about and what i don't talk about laying the plot out there's not a lot there in terms of like the story. The story is pretty straightforward. It is how it is described. It starts with Yasuko. She is a, a housewife. Uh, and we're actually introduced to her walking her son to the bus stop for him to go to school. And then we watch as she goes back up into their high-rise apartment. And again, it, the way this movie opens, it's more about setting the the stage for everything that's going to come. I mean, I guess that's how movies are supposed to work, right? <laughs> I'm acting like this is some sort of... Uh, a novel concept of like, oh, a movie sets up everything uh, that's about to happen. Um, but the way it's done is pretty, pretty uh, precise. There's precision in this movie's uh, construction um, because there's things that you see um, in the very beginning of this movie. Um, again, they establish the geography of, wh of, of where she lives and they also establish everything that you see in this sort of opening few minutes is all intentionally laid out in front of you for for you to get a sense of the of the layout i know you know i keep saying layout <laughs> uh you know me i have the tendency to repeat myself but yeah so you see things like for instance she's goes out onto the balcony and then we see like a chainsaw of her husband's that's like on the floor outside on the balcony and she complains about her husband's tools being there just you know thrown about and not put up and she's out there hanging laundry to dry that's wet on hangers and then someone rings the doorbell to her apartment and she goes out into the living room and she grabs a phone on the wall where she's able to talk to the person who's outside the door through uh, the intercom and we find out that it's some insurance salesperson who's going door to door and he's asking her about their family insurance policy and he's telling her that theirs is much better than the one that they have. He can assure her and she's basically not trying to hear it, um, but he's also not trying to take no for an answer, it seems. But then he finally gives up and just says, well, 
maybe some other time then. And she says, thank you, and hangs up the phone. And she's staring at the door while she's talking to this insurance salesman who's on the other side who she can't see. So it's already kind of setting up this her being on the other side of the door, interacting with this faceless person who's unwanted. And then this scene is followed by a car uh, driving up to the high-rise building, and it's a fake-out scene because uh, we see a man get out of the car. He's in a suit. He's carrying a briefcase, and he walks towards the high-rise, and then we see him outside of Yasuko's door, and he buzzes the door intercom button, and Yasuko is again back out on the balcony uh, hanging laundry. And when she hears the intercom buzz, she walks out and picks up the phone on the wall to answer the intercom. And then the door pops open, but the chain lock is on and this startles uh, Yasuko and she screams and she looks at the man outside the door and it's it's her husband. She's like, hey, hey, darling. So it's like, again, a, a fake out. You know, jump scare shit. The shit that we complain about when we see in horror movies today that, that I would complain about. Cheap jump scares. Okay, but guess what? I'm giving it a pass. This is from 1988 too. So this is like, you know, before it became overused. And again, like I think Door is a pretty amazing movie. So it, it's able to get away with stuff that in other movies I would find a, a pretty obnoxious. But again, it's all about who's doing it, right? And by, by who I just mean... uh who was in the artist. And it doesn't mean like the artist in terms of the artist's name. No, I just mean like in terms of like the artist's ability as, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker to sort of uh, use certain techniques and storytelling devices in a artistic or artful way. But yeah, so again, it's her husband. He sits down, he's going through the mail and she's complaining to him about sort of like, you know, telemarketers and the bullshit mail that they get, you know, about trying to get them to buy shit. You know, the type of stuff that we all go through, except nowadays, uh, over, especially in America, like you get at most people's phone calls now, 90% of them are just like bullshit, like scam calls or somebody trying to sell you something or steal your information because, you know, that's America, you know, the greatest country in the fucking U.S., <laughs> the greatest country in the U.S. <laughs> that's right. Yes. The, the greatest country in the U.S. because it is the only country in the U.S. It is the U.S. Um, so that's actually accurate because it's not the greatest country in the world. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not. This isn't. This isn't going to be Ryan. Uh, go, go on his tirade about America. Uh, for all my patriotic listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Not sorry. Um, <laughs> like, uh, imagine me having patriotic listeners. Imagine that. No, no. I don't want to alienate my audience, but you know, if you're a patriotic person, you seek help. Seek help because that's a form of mental illness. Um. Uh. But anyways, uh, back to door so cuts to a scene of uh yasuko and her husband in bed the husband's already asleep uh they show their son asleep yasuko tries to wake her husband up to fool around but her husband's too tired dude is dude sleeping like like the dead and then the next morning we see her walking her husband and their son to the door uh the husband is going to walk their son down to the bus stop and then he's going to head into work so she t 
tells them goodbye and watches them as they, you know, head down, you know, the stairs. Because, again, they live in a high-rise building. And she goes back in the house. And then we see her doing dishes. And then she hears her son yell, Mommy. Mommy, open the door. And, again, it shows the door handle jiggling. And so she opens the door. And she asks her son what it is. And he says, I forgot to take my picture. So she gives him his picture. And she says, you know, where's your dad? And he says he's waiting downstairs. And then he says bye and runs off again. And then she locks the chain on the door. And then she goes and sits down and gets on the phone. And as she's talking on the phone, the camera zooms in and shows that she forgot to lock the bottom lock. But the chain is still on. But she has no idea. She's on the phone with her friend and she some some friend of hers that she hasn't talked talk to in a long time and then as she's talking we're introduced to the salesman who's walking around her building going door to door uh trying to sell some random cur- it's like a cur- a curriculum to make people uh be able to speak english or, you know, it's something to do with like, yeah, speaking English and how he's trying to sell people on this method that will help people speak English. Now, simultaneously, we see that Yasuko is on the phone and she hears the door get buzzed. So she goes to the, the phone on the wall to talk to to see who it is. And he says who it is. And she says, you know, like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And he's like, well, can I just have five minutes of your time? And she's telling him, no, I'm, I'm busy right now. And, you know, he's persistent, but he says, well, well, at least let me give you a pamphlet. Right. And he tries to, like, open the door right by himself. And immediately when she sees him try to open the door, she reacts. She runs over. And as he pulls the door open, it's stopped by the chain lock. And he puts this his hand through the door with the pamphlet. And again, she's startled by this. And he should have never done this. He should have just slid it through the slot in the door. So she slams the door and slams his hand in between the door and he pulls his hand out she shuts the door and locks it and he's like pulling on the handle and she's watching him pull the handle and he's telling her like yo my hand is all swollen he's like saying like yo this is assault and he's still trying to like bargain his way into the house basically trying to like threaten her by saying you know if you don't let me in the house then i'm gonna have to call the police and then he starts to Say, listen, just give me five minutes of your time, hear me out, and then I'll just let this all go. But it's not working. He's not really a good salesman. And Yasuko calls his bluff and basically says, you know, go ahead and call the police. And that's when the salesman gets this weird look on his face and he goes quiet. And then all he says is that she's so mean. And then he walks off. And and as he's walking off, She's standing there listening to his feet, his footsteps, you know, uh, get fainter and fainter. And then she says, sorry, under her breath to herself. And we watch him get in the elevator. And as he's going down in the elevator, he hits stop and then starts to go back up. And he walks back down the hallway and goes to her door. Now, again, Yasuko is back inside and she's like making sure the handle's locked. But then as she's like walking away, she hears the salesman on the other side of the door. And then there's this cool overhead shot that shows her on one side of the door and the salesman on the other side of the door. 
and they're both just standing there and then it's quiet for a few seconds and then the then the salesman just starts kicking the shit out of the door over and over and over again and at this point yasuko literally falls down and is just holding herself watching as this guy is like on the other side of the door just kicking it banging it now the door's solid he's not getting through but he's really kicking shit out of the door and then we see an old woman who's like a neighbor she opens her door and is watching him she has like a patch over her eye and she just kind of like watches him and then shuts her door and you just get the sense like maybe it's like a japanese thing or like or just uh you know not even say it's a japanese thing but i'm i'm saying this like in america we all know about like uh i don't know if if anyone knows about like the uh what's it kitty genovese where all the neighbors watched uh as a woman was attacked and basically killed right i think it was kenny genovese google just google it i'm not googling kenny genovese <laughs> uh but no i'm just saying like it just feels like maybe it's more of a cultural thing like the people just didn't want to just don't want to get involved like even this old woman neighbor um but eventually uh the salesman gets tired of kicking the door and he leaves and when he does leave yasuko tries to to call her husband at work but she's told that he's busy in the machine room and we do see him at his at his job and he's helping some guys standing over his shoulder as he's on the computer so yasuko hangs up hearing that her husband's busy then then it cuts to what i assume is later that day or or the next day even it might be the next day because she's like walking into her building carrying a bag and she goes to her mailbox and she opens her mailbox and inside her mailbox there's a tissue and she recoils when she sees she she like looks at the tissue takes it opens it and recoils and throws it and you don't know what it is in the tissue right um but when she does that throws it on the floor there's like a woman who's lives in the building you don't really even see her face but she's like walking at she stops on the staircase and looks and then i guess because yasuko doesn't want to seem like she's just throwing shit on the floor uh she picks it up and walks over to the elevator um and then gets inside the elevator holding this tissue in between her fingers like it's like uh like she's holding a, a fucking like toxic waste or something and she gets inside um and she makes sure she locks her door again this is a very reoccurring thing where you always got to watch uh when yasuko locks the door and when she doesn't lock the door but she carries this tissue into the bathroom drops it into the toilet and flushes it now we still don't know what she saw inside this tissue but whatever it is we know it's fucking gross and then immediately she's washing her hands she's vigorously washing her hands with soap under under in the sink right and clearly just trying to like wash whatever it is that was in that napkin you know um if she got any of it on her um which we'll fi we'll find out exactly why and, and and when you figure out what it is uh you you don't blame her at all you, you kind of get it right you're like what the fuck what the fuck is going on um but yeah, so Yusuko, after this, she's like sitting by herself and we see her like, I think she grabs like a whole box of like Marlboro cigarettes, like a whole box. Like she's a hardcore smoker, like one of the big joints that's got like 12, 12 or 24 packs in it. <laughs> and she's like opening up a Marlboro cigarette to, to light a smoke. 
uh, and, and as she's doing this, she hears people walking outside the hallway and she goes to look out the peephole and she sees a girl and the girl stops and looks at her door and just standing there looking. And then she like walks away. And this makes Yasuko like think for a second, like what? what? And then she looks again and there's a, a pizza guy who's looking directly in the door through the peephole and she pulls pulls away. And then we, we see the pizza guy just walk away down the hallway. And then she looks back again outside the people and she sees no one's there and she opens the door and when she opens the door she's peering around and then she looks at the outside of her door and she sees that written someone's written on her door and it says i am sexually frustrated this is in like kanji right it says i'm sexually frustrated can someone please do it with me <laughs> could someone please yeah i'm sexually frustrated can someone please do it with me so then we see her basically she's washing off what's been written on the outside of her door and as she's doing this uh we see someone walking towards her from behind and it's 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 like a pov shot we hear the voice miss honda and she gets scared and turns around and then, she's, and then the hand reaches in the frame with the package. It's again, it's a fake out, right? And here's another thing I will say. I will say before before I, I move a little bit further is the, the guy's voice, right? Sounds like it's over the phone. And this is a thing that they do a few times. A few times when you hear certain characters speak to Yasuko in this movie, there'll be times where it sounds... Like they're speaking and their voice is coming through a phone. That's an intentional thing that Takahashi is doing in this movie. That I think is kind of cool because it's associating any man that she talks to with the salesman. So this it does this interesting thing with like having some some men's voices sound like even though she's standing in front of them and they're having a conversation in person, it sounds like their voice is over the phone. So after this moment where she's startled, she's actually at like a police, one of those like substations and she's talking to a police officer. And this is where we find out what's in the tissue. So she's telling the cop about her being harassed and things being written on her door and the tissue being left in her mailbox. And the cop asks her, well, what was in the tissue and she tells him that it was sperm so we now understand why she was holding it the way she was holding it and why she washed her hands after she flushed it because the salesman busted in a tissue and put it in her mailbox which is high level pervert shit right like high tier pervert shit so then the cop tries to get some information from her about the salesman, but Kasoko can't remember anything about him. Like she doesn't know what he looks like. She doesn't even know what he was selling. Like the day that he came knocking at her door, she can't even tell the cop that information. So the cop just says that he'll let the, the police officer patrol unit know to, and just have them keep an eye out. And that's pretty much all all he can do after that um, we see her walking back into her building and the salesman is actually walking in right behind her but because she doesn't know what he looks like she doesn't know it's him and, and as they're walking someone at the front desk says miss honda and she walks up to the front desk because there's like something for her she needs to sign for and so the salesman literally continues to walk behind her and we watch him get into the elevator and then hold the elevator open as she's 
signs for what looks like, I think it's like dry cleaning. It looks like it was dry cleaning. She's carrying it in. She gets on the elevator with him and rides up and she's completely unaware of him. Why? Meanwhile, he's like staring at her and he's, he's behind her over, over her shoulder, looking at her as, as uh, they go up the elevator. And this is like the, like if the sperm wasn't an indicator that he's sort of creeping out on her, this is another indicator. Cause the way he's staring at her is just like, she's this fucking, not even like she's like she's his object. He's he's clearly um, has a sick infatuation with this with with Yasuko, right? And then we watch Yasuko go into her door, and then from above we see him because he he goes on the floor higher than her. We see him watching her go in the door, and then we see uh, like a montage where she's like outside sitting with some women, and he's off looking at her like over by the bushes where she can't see him. And it's just, uh, and we also, his hand, he's like, he's, he puts his fingers in his mouth and he's like staring at her mouth and that it's like the camera is basically, basically his fetishized POV. Oh, and it, it, you know what it is? She's sitting outside on a bench with other women because I think she's waiting for the bus to drop off her son. That's what it is, right? So these are just other mothers, right? Waiting for their kids to get off the bus. So she gets up when the bus arrives and gets her son. The whole time, the salesman is is watching. Like he's just he's, he's he's being a fucking stalker. And this whole sequence of him following her, it's just to really hammer home and establish that this guy has now taken an interest in her. And okay, an interest is an understatement. He's fucking obsessed. Okay, <laughs> at this point, uh, it, it's just about his obsession with her, right? And he's literally just hanging around. Uh, this this the part the high rise apartment um he's literally we see him like outside on a staircase eating a donut you know um literally he has like the donut on one finger like it's a ring and he's just biting around it on the outside and i've never seen someone eat a donut like that or whatever right um and then we see uh yasuko is on the phone talking to a friend of hers and she's saying that her husband's away for two days and we see her son he has like this like cool little like miniature pool table that sets up on top of the coffee table and he's like playing pool um which comes back into play a little bit later so again her husband uh he's going away for two days so it's just it's just yasuko and her and her son um and it's later that night and we see like yasuko's uh making dinner and her son's like watching some kind of like anime cartoon on the television screen um and i think yasuko's asking him uh to help her uh, because dinner's getting ready or, or no, no. She says, uh, can you go get the paper? Right. And I think he's like watching, um, he's like watching this. He's like transfixed, right? Takudo. That's the name of the son. He's so, he's like, he's not moving. Cause he tells his mom, like, it's almost finished. Wait until it's finished. And then I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Cause he's like, he's kind of a defiant little kid. Uh, he's a cute kid, but you know, he's like, not really, you know, he's not really, he's, kind of being a little shit, you know, low key. Um, but finally the cartoon goes off, he shuts it off. Then he goes to, uh, get the paper. Right. Um, and there's like a little, you know, it's like, there's the mail slot, but as he goes to the door, he stops because what he, he's looking at the door and he's watching the door handle move up and down silently because again, the salesman is on the other side pulling on the knob and the kid's just watching, right? He's just sitting there watching, not even being quiet. And again, it's a creepy 
it's a creepy moment like where where he's just watching this door handle go up and down slowly slowly because this guy's fucking trying to get into the house um but then it stops and so he walks up to the little mail slot opens it and tries to pull the paper out but he can't and he's like pulling on it and he yells mom mom i can't i can't pull it and 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 uh Yasuko's like, of course you can. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, mom, I, I can't pull it. So she comes and she's like, well, maybe it got stuck. So she starts to pull it and she can't pull it. So now she's like pulling down on this piece of mail, right? And on the other side of the door is the salesman. He's holding it like he's got a fucking grip on it. And she's pulling. It's like a tug of war. And then like she's so Yasuko's like pulls it harder. And then finally, like he like yanks it up more and this of course she's starting to like freak out a little bit which i mean she should be freaking out and then eventually like this tug of war ends when he lets go right he finally releases his grip and when he releases his grip she falls back with the paper but at that point when she falls back she starts to freak out um because she realizes that it's he's on the other side and he's been holding that paper um but again it goes on for a prolonged amount of time where it's like, it's almost like she's in denial. But but once she falls back, she realizes, like, that's someone else. And so she says, somebody help me, right? She's, like, literally screaming. And, and then, of course, uh, her son, uh, Takuto, is just, like, watching her. And then as she screams, we see, like, the vast, dark, quiet, like, f- multiple floors of this high-rise. And you realize, like, no one's going to help you, like... If their neighbors are there, they don't even, they're not even paying attention. Again, it's just one of those things where it's like people just don't want to get involved. You fi- you figure it's like, you know, like it's like, I say it's like maybe it's like a cultural thing, but it's also like shit that happens over here too. Like, you know, people just don't want to get in other people's business sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And you just get the sense that like that's another ominous aspect to that that door plays on, right? Um, then it starts to rain. And again, something I need to say is that it's raining through through the the building, which is interesting because they got to walk into this building, right? And there's like a downstairs area, and then they got an elevator. And I'm pretty sure that that downstairs lobby area has a roof. But when they get up on these floors, they're like it has like a a open air, like it's like the 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 and I know the way this building is constructed is like you got the floors that kind of like wrap around uh, each level circular. And there's like a, I guess who staircase that you can see straight down through. And I guess it goes all the way to the top because it starts raining in the rain. You can see the rain outside the building. Again, I was trying to think about like the construction of this building and like how come it's raining and you could see the rain out there. Right? Cause it's like coming through. But at this point um, it's raining, right? Uh, her son's asleep. Someone calls on the phone. It's it's the salesman, but he doesn't say anything to her. Uh, she hangs up, so she's like having a drink. And then the phone rings again, right? Um, and, why, and, and Yasuko answers the phone, right? And this time, uh, the salesman actually speaks. And again, all of this is just to sort, you know, to sort of have this sort of, it's he's stalking her, right? Right? And he even apologizes for earlier. And she, he's like, he, I'm sorry. And he's like, I know you were like freshening up after a bath. 
but in that like a cold beer is nice, right? He knows she's drinking. He knows she took a bath. She realizes this. And she's like, yo, what, like, what, what, stop calling, what, like, who, who, what the fuck, who, what do you want? Like, who are you? And then he says, like, your husband's not home yet, right? And he's like, or, or maybe he's not coming home tonight. Again, being very fucking creepy. And she's telling him, like, stop it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to stop. She's, and she says, I'll go to the police. And he's like, but he's like, go ahead. But like, you know, you don't know who I am or even where I am. And we see that he's in like a phone booth. Like, again, it's some kind of phone booth outside. It's raining, but we don't know where. And then she says, you wrote that, that message on my door. And then she calls him a pervert. She says, hentai, you know, pervert. And he's like, again, playing dumb. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And this whole back and forth of like, it's a, if for him, it's, he's playing a game. He's playing a game with her. Um, and he's just making her aware that he's watching her, you know. And then he calls her beautiful because she's asking him, like, why is she doing this? And he's like, because you're beautiful. And at that point, you know, she, she hangs up, right? She's like kind of she's 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 freaked out by this right and then she she gets on the phone and she tries to call i think she tries to call her husband again at work and she te- she he gets him this time and she's telling him he's like he, she's having prank calls and he's like well just you know just hang up on him and she's like no it's, it's more than that there's like strange things that happening but she says she can't say them on the phone i don't know why she says she wants to explain it in person and she's like, can't you come home? And he's like, the machines ran into some kind of bug and, and you know, the program stalled. So basically, you know, she gets upset and she's like, you don't care what happens to us. And she hangs up on him. Right. You know, um, which I mean, to be fair, I mean, he should be taking this a little bit more seriously. Right. But also she's not giving him all of the information for him to actually know how serious the situation is. And then the phone rings again. And Yasuko picks it up thinking it's her husband calling back, but it's not, it's the salesman. And it, you know, and, and, and she's telling him, okay, stop, stop fucking, stop fooling around. Like, like, what do you want? Whatever you want, just say it, what the fuck you want. And then he says like, I don't want anything. Like, it's just that you're, again, he mentions that she's beautiful. I think, I think that's what he says, right? Something, something, something along those lines, right? Um, he's like, I just want to talk with you, you know, because you're beautiful. He's obsessed. He's obsessed with, he's obsessed with, uh, 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 Yasuko. Right. And then Yasuko is like, you know, like this, you know, like, I don't like, I don't, this isn't fair. Like, I don't, what, what's so fun about this to you? Like, she says, like, I think you're a piece of shit and then hangs up the phone on him, you know, bangs the line on him again. And we see, uh, the salesman is just smoking a cigarette, um, on the, on the, holding the, the pay phone in this phone booth and it's like the way he's smoking a cigarette it's like it's like he just got off like he's finished he's like he's just happy to have this conversation with her and we watch him like hang the phone up and put out his cigarette literally on the on the on the keypad of the phone and then he walks out into the rain and again we don't we never know where the where this guy lives he's just like a fucking you know we only see him when he's around or outside either in the the apartment complex or outside the apartment complex we never really actually get a sense of like who this guy really is where this guy really comes from and that's it's more it's all the more effective of making him like this menacing threat because you don't know it's much like the it's like the michael myers effect right from the first halloween movie where a big aspect of why michael myers is so fucking creepy is because we just don't know who the fuck he is right
like we don't know his motivations like we only have the the glimmer of like what what motivates him other you know what i'm saying even though we know like he's a human being and he's a man he's a man that's obsessed with what he's taken uh he's gotten yasuko in his sights and now that he's locked on to her he's you know and it's all it all started with her slamming his hand in the door but it it you quickly you quickly discover that it it that was just like it's not even that like he's mad about that kind of but like you're also like yeah but it's more than that like th- this it, it awoken something in him and, and and she awoken something in him you know and now he's on some real life fatal attraction shit right like and he's really and he doesn't care that she's married and he doesn't care that that she has you know a whole life. no he doesn't care like he he he, he wants this woman um, and you get the sense that like, he doesn't even, he doesn't even know what the end game is with this, but he's just happy. I don't even know if happy is the right, even, even the right word. He's just, he's just, again, he's just obsessed and she's become the object of his obsession. And now, um, he's going to make himself, uh, He's going to he's just going to impose himself in her life and he's going to, you know, we get the sense that, I mean, well, it's not even the sense as the movie plays itself out. And as it gets uh, towards this final, because all of this is build up, like all of this is it's, it becomes one of those things where it's like he's just circling like a shark, you know, um, he's circling her building like a shark. He's getting closer and closer to her with each and every thing that he does and it's in within these couple of nights too because it's the couple of nights that is her husband's not there so like all of this is happening within the span of a few days right um where where now that he's made himself uh or made his presence aware you know uh, uh made him you know his presence aware to her it's like becomes one of these things where he's going to torture her until he finally decides he's done playing and he's going to come for her. So everything at that point, it's just a, a, a buildup. But then like she, it, after this moment of when he hangs up on the phone, um, there's this, she has the, we see this sequence. It's like a dream sequence of like, she's asleep, her son's asleep. And then we see the chain come off the lock by itself and the door, uh, lock switch unlocked by itself and then we get like this steady cam shot of someone moving through the house and then going up to her standing over the bed and she wakes up and screams but then it's a dream because she wakes up in the middle of the night uh and she hears her husband over the answer machine saying hello baby i'm sorry i missed you she walks out answers the phone you know says hi baby everything's okay don't worry which i don't know why she would tell her husband that maybe she just doesn't want she's she thinks everything's fine this guy's done now which i mean i don't know why you would think that but you know that's what yusuko thought she maybe she just didn't want to worry her husband she thinks you know he probably another night or two and she'll he'll be back home but it's the morning so she she goes out and on the balcony uh and looks looks you know just again stares out and you get the sense that like she just thinks this is all over you know um but of course it's not over. And I want to say this, okay? Um, for for people that want to watch this movie, um, 
it is August right now. It's like toward the end of August. And uh, this movie won't be available um, for two months. Like I said, the, again, October 30th is, is when you'll be able to get this pretty much readily anywhere. You just buy a copy. But until then, you won't. Uh, so if you want to watch this movie, uh, just go to uh, subscribe to my Patreon. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I will make sure like that. Because, again, I feel like you just got to check this movie out. If not, you can, you can wait. But for those who have already subscribed to my Patreon, I'm like, I can do that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will say this, buy the movie when this comes out because the copy that like I can show, I can have people watch, you know what I'm saying? I can show you, you know, like I can point you in the right direction. It's not my copy, but I can point you in the right direction uh, of where to see this movie. Um, So if you want to know where to see this movie, sub, you know, if you're already a patron, I got you, you know what I'm saying? If not, you know, boom. Uh, But, Still, by uh, this is this is a this is a movie that I feel like you you should definitely own. You know what I'm saying, or you know see it in and see it in high quality too. Because like I'm assuming this new Blu-ray is going to be a scan of the of the camera negative. You know that's the because uh, at least what I've looked into, I think it's like a 2K scan or it might be even a 4K scan of the of the camera negative. So it's going to look even better. This isn't a bad quality version of it, but it's not going to be like what the new one is. But yeah. um yeah, so back on back onto the movie. Now I'm trying to think about how far I want to go with this too, because I don't want to ruin this movie, right? Um, but fuck it, we're just gonna keep going uh, until I feel like we get to the end, the end, the ending, the the last I don't know 15 minutes of this movie, and then I'm gonna try to to really not spoil the rest of it. Uh, so it it it's the next day. Um, like I said, she thinks it's over, but it's not. He's, he starts calling again and she, he, she answers the phone and then he's talking to her saying, you know, you know, the usual kind of starkery pervert shit. She hangs up the phone again and then she puts the answer machine on. So he starts to talk over the answer machine once the answer machine picks up and he's, he's talking to her. He says, I know you're listening to my voice, pick up the phone and, uh, Yasuko's just sitting there, you know, and he's saying, like, I'm even more in love with you uh, because you look great in the swimsuit. And because she, I forgot to mention, yeah, she they do show we do show her the next day after she's looking off the balcony. We see her outside with her son and then we see her swimming. So he's been watching her the whole time again. So when she's when he says, I love her, you know, I love you. You look good in the swimsuit. This this makes, you know, uh, Yasuko you know, pay attention, like, fuck, he's still following me, he's been watching me, you know, and he's, as he's telling her this, he's still trying to get her, uh, to answer the phone, or pick up the phone, then he starts singing this song, it's like, some weird song that he sings, like, bubbles, bubbles, I've never heard this, it's like a nursery rhyme, um, again, like, it's a weird, kind of like, sounds like a, I mean, again, I'm just reading the subtitles, of what it is. It's a song about bubbles and it sounds like a childhood, like a child's nursery rhyme that he's singing. And, um, he's singing this and she's kind of clearly disturbed listening to, to him, uh, sing about these bubbles that vanish and pop. And again, weird song, never heard of this song before. Um, I'm assuming it may, maybe it's a colloquial kind of like well-known Japanese song. Maybe it's some, something that, 
uh, uh, Takahashi made up. I don't know. Um, but she's listening to him sing this song. Um, the whole and, and, and she sings the whole song and she's just sitting there staring at the answering machine. Uh, and again, it's a cool, again, I, I, I haven't mentioned this, this movie. I did mention that like this movie has like some interesting camera work. I like, like I said, I remember like there's a lot of overhead shots and crane shots and, and even like steady cam kind of shots. Like this movie, despite it being like not a lot of characters, and it's set in a confined space. Uh, it they sh- it's really shot like really well. This isn't a movie that's like, you know, um, you would see these kind of movies made now, but they just don't. They lack the filmmaking uh, pedigree that that the movie like Door has. Um, it's like this just real. It's just real movie making. Um, but uh, he's again like the camera is sort of like it does this interesting sort of like i don't know if it's a uh it's kind of like a showing her it's like pulls out and sort of like does like these like pull out pans while she's listening to him sing this song um it's a cool way to sort of like make her feel tiny in this apartment you know what i'm saying which sort of reiterates you know probably how small and weak and defenseless she feels uh while she's kind of coming under the terror of this salesman guy right and then finally um she mentions i I think he mentions her her husband right and like something about he works long nights and irregular hours and 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 this makes her pick the phone up because she's like, how do you know about my husband? You know, how do you know? He's like, you know, like, how do you know that? And then he says, I know everything about you, but you know nothing about me. You know, um, he even says her son's name, Takuto. And then he mentions like his his kindergarten. He says, like, you know, is he OK? I'm wondering if he's doing well. And this makes her hang the phone up. And then we see her, uh, you know, taking her bike. Um, down some steps she's literally like hurrying to get to her son's school um and she gets there she's riding her bike fast she gets to the playground where she could see a bunch of kids playing she spots her son he's safe he comes up to to talk to her and she's and she doesn't see that the salesman is there watching the whole time and he literally walks right by them like really close um and then we see uh it's after school. She's walking back with uh, Takuto back. And then as they're going upstairs, Takuto's fighting because he wants to go play with his friend. And she promises she I guess this was already she had already told him he could. But of course, obviously, she's worried about him because the fucking salesman crazy fuck just mentioned her son. So she doesn't want him to go out. But Takuto's he's a young kid. He is not aware of that. So he's literally throwing a tantrum on the couch, kicking his feet. Right. So she's trying to get him to calm down. He won't because he wants to go play with his friend. Um, and then she goes. I think after after, you know, he never really actually stops, you know, uh, uh, fucking throwing a tantrum. So she's in the kitchen kind of just ignoring him, washing some dishes. I guess she's she's always either like in the kitchen washing dishes or, or, or making making dinner. And in this in this uh, moment, I think she's probably washing dishes to make dinner. Um 
And we sort of hear in the background, we can hear Takuto. And then we, we sort of hear him, you know, still whining. And then, then it just subtly gets lower and lower until finally we don't hear him no more. And then we see her in the bathroom washing the tub and she looks out because she no longer she realizes hey i no longer hear him and she 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 looks out into the living room and sees he's laying on the couch and then which okay and then she's like all right well i guess he's asleep and she goes back to doing what she's doing she smiles goes back to cleaning you know in the bathroom i think she's like cleaning the, the tub or something um and then she goes back to doing that and i think the the phone starts to ring um and then when the phone rings she asks her son to get it she says, Taco, uh, she says, Taco, uh, Takuto, wake up, get up and answer the phone. And of course, he doesn't do it. Um, the phone just keeps ringing. Um, and after a moment, she decides to go check on Takuto. And she walks out and looks in the living room and Takuto is no longer on the couch anymore. Um, so immediately, she rushes out and calls his name. He's nowhere to be found. She looks and she sees that the door is unlocked. Um, the chain, the chains off the door, the chain locks off the door and the doors unlocked. So she goes out and she leaves, actually, she leaves the water, uh, the, like the, the shower head spray that she's been using, that she was cleaning the tub out with. She just leaves it running and runs out of the, of the apartment to go look and see where her son is, but he's nowhere in sight. She's literally like running up and down the halls, calling his name. Uh, Takuto's gone. She's, she gets on the elevator, um, to go down to see if he's, somewhere downstairs um and as she's doing this uh and she's waiting for the elevator to come up to her floor we see we see the salesman um standing in an elevator as the elevator's going up to her floor so like literally the elevator comes to the seventh floor and it opens and we see uh he's walking out as she's going in right and she doesn't know it's him at all and he even looks back at her and she's too busy looking at the 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 floor number um as the as the elevator uh descends back down again she has no idea who he is and it's this game that he's playing like i could like i already mentioned this before like he's just like a he's like a shark circling his prey getting closer and closer until he finally decides to strike but she gets downstairs runs through the lobby runs out uh, calling her son's name, you know, uh, he has no idea where he is at this point. We're worried about him as an audience, right? We don't know what happened to him. Cause we're thinking like, did, did the salesman do something to him? But the salesman just passed her and Takuto wasn't with him. So we know whatever happened to Takuto, uh, the salesman doesn't have, didn't, he wasn't with him, uh, just a second ago. She decides to go back upstairs and she's, as she, she, she goes back into her house and she calls uh, the friend's mother that he was supposed to play with. As she's on the phone, right, with the kid's mother, right, and she gets the confirmation that, you know, he's over there, and she hangs up the phone, she turns around, and the salesman is right there looking at her. And she's freaking out, obviously, and she runs to the door, but she tries to get out, but... He puts a knife right next to her face and tells her, like, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't leave without locking up. You know, it's very dangerous. And and he tells her to basically, you know, to look at him. Right. So she sl- she slowly backs away from the door and then she looks at him 
And this is the first time that she actually, you know, sees, sees the salesman. At this point, you know, he tells her, let's head back in, in into the, the apartment. So obviously he's got a big fucking knife. So she does what he says and she heads, she backs back toward the apartment and he locks, he locks the door. It's an interesting moment because this whole marching her back inside the the apartment away from the door there's not a lot of it's not even a it's not even dialogue it's just again her backing up and him walking forward holding that knife and her kind of like staring at him but at the knife and back up at him and at the knife as they back all the way through uh her apartment until like finally they're like in the room and she's like looking at him and she like falls like she doesn't even fall. She just kind of like sits down on the edge of the bed, like almost as if like she's going to pass out, but she doesn't. She just sits there. And then he like kneels down and like touches her face. And then he like apologizes to her. He's like saying like, I'm sorry it came to this, but if he, if I don't do it like this, then you won't listen to what I have to say. Right. And then we watch her at this point, she just falls back like onto the bed with her eyes closed, almost as if like she's dissociating. And when, and when she does that, he like lays the knife down on the bed right next to her. And then he starts, we see like condoms drop down on top of her. And when like, and she looks up like, what the fuck? And he's like, I don't normally use these. Right. And he's, he, he drops all these condoms on, she sits up and he like has one condom that he's holding and he like bites it open. And he tells him like, even though you're so beautiful, you know, that I'm, I'm going to use one. And at this point, she just gets up and runs. She starts to run because, like, I guess dude's on some, like, I'm going to, he's, he's, again, he's going to rape her. I mean, I guess he's going to use a condom. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, again, fuck him. But so, so he, she runs. He tackles her, right? At this point, she tries to put up a struggle, but he smacks her. And then this just sort of makes her, this makes uh, Yasuko kind of like, stop fighting and when she stops fighting he she has like these suspenders on and he undoes her suspenders right and you're like oh fuck we're gonna is this gonna be one of those moments right because you know it's japanese cinema and japanese cinema is never scared to get rapey right and you know never scared to go all the way there but before anything bad can happen the phone rings and they this makes them both stop right and the phone's ringing and then at this point the salesman he decides to let Yasuko, he pulls Yasuko up and then he asks Yasuko answer the phone, right? They walk back into the room. She answers the phone and immediately, um, this is another moment where this movie's again, it's like a red herring moment, right? Because, because she, when she answers the phone, um, when she answers the phone, you think, oh, well, the, we're led to believe or not even led to believe we're led to assume that this could probably be like her husband. Right. Um, who else would it be? Right. We, we figured it would probably be her husband, uh, but it's not her husband. In fact, it is uh, another one of those prank calls, one of those, per, you know, the, the pervert, which we assumed uh, as, as audiences that it might be the pervert might be the salesman, but, when this moment happens, we actually discover that in, that this is actually another guy altogether, uh, because she says hello, 
and then we we hear him say a bunch of like you know basically perverted shit like asking her you know or he or him telling her like he's hard or something and she like recoils and and at this point uh the salesman notices and he's like what the he grabs the phone and he puts the phone to his ear and he hears him and he hears him saying like you know this nasty shit right um and i think he even asked you're wet you're wet too right um and he says i'm gonna come and then at this point you know the salesman says shame on you you know and then the vo- the guy on the other side is like who are you and he and he calls him a lonely soul right and then i think he calls him an asshole and then at this point uh the salesman just hangs the phone up right so it's again it's a fake out moment it's a fake out because you thought like you're, you're led to believe that like the guy making the lewd phone call and and is is this is him like he's but like it's so you again it's this it's cleverly constructed in that way where there's there's a lot of fake outs there's a lot of moments that are set up as i mentioned at the start of this episode like everything that you see in the beginning of the movie it's all set up like everything is set up they're just laying the little things it's 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 something that we see in movies but this was this is in 1988 and this is in japan uh and so it's like one of these movies that like is doing i mean like now like this type of that type of thing is I don't know. Let's just say this. It still doesn't get like as fucking weird and as creepy uh, and as Japan. It just doesn't like the stuff even that we see now, like even even just how like really pervy the salesman is, because immediately after he hangs the phone up, uh, he starts to, you know, un- try to unzip her the side of her 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 skirt. But as he's doing that, he sh- we hear uh, Takuto yelling on the other side of the door, Mommy, let me in. Because remember, uh, the salesman has locked the door. So at this point, you know, she's saved again. Because just like before the phone rang and he was, you know, trying to undress her, the moment he tries to undress her again, now the son interrupts. So she she calls out to him and says, I'm coming, I'm coming. But she says to the salesman, like, please don't hurt my son, right? Um, and he, and Takuto, you know, he's young, he's a kid, he's, he's like a kindergartner. So he's just, you know, on the other side of the door, continuing to yell, mommy, come open the door. What are you doing? And so she looks back at the salesman and says, promise me, you won't hurt my kid. And, you know, he just says, I understand. And he lowers the knife, right? Tells her, yes, he does. And then he, she, you know, she zips up, you know, the side of her skirt where that he was starting to unzip. And she like literally puts her suspenders back on and he like gives her the knife you know like at this point you're like oh this he just really he doesn't he doesn't even uh he's not scared of her at all like he he literally gives her the knife right and she even tells him uh pretend to be a guest i think like in fact when she says pretend to be a guest that's when he hands her the knife he flips it over handle handle up and then she puts the knife behind her back and goes to the door and lets lets Takuto in, and obviously uh, when Takuto comes in, you know I think he takes his shoes off because you know he's trying to make him seem like he's a guest. She says uh, she welcomes her son like welcome home, and then she says I here's a guest, and she says say hello, and of course he says you know he says arigato you know in a little cute little five year old way, and then she says you're back early, and he says 
that his friends, everyone went home because you didn't, you know, because you didn't come. And he's still mad at her about that. But then he says, I'm hungry. And so, uh, you know, she says, well, dinner will be ready. And then that's when uh, the salesman asks if, you know, if Takuto and him can play together. And then he says, yeah, we can play pool. So he gets up and locks the door, right? And then he takes off his scarf and his suit jacket, right? And looks at, looks at uh, Yasuko and kind of just, you know, he smiles because he knows like, yo, like you're not going to go nowhere because it's like he's going to go in there and play with her son. Like, what's she going to do, run away now? Like, no. So, so she starts making dinner in the kitchen uh, while uh, Takuto is playing pool on his mini pool table um, with the salesman uh, in the living room, right? And she's sort of like just trying to, you get the sense that like she's looking around. We see, we the camera sort of shows uh, a view, like a perspective of like all of the sort of random uh utensils that are hanging up above the sink you know and you get the sense oh she's like and then she's peep, peeping in the living room watching her son play with this fucking psychopath who's like literally smoking a cigarette in the living room as he's playing mini pool with her son right and you just you get the sense like he's just he just thinks that like the situation is like he hasn't he's not he just thinks he's got this whole thing under control he's like relishing in the fact that he's like torturing this woman right he knows she's he knows she's watching him you know um and he's getting a sick enjoyment out of this he's like almost like he's glad the kid came because now he can just like prolong this this shit then he walks up to her in the kitchen and he says he's going to use the toilet um and she just she tells him okay go ahead like you you can do that and uh she says my, my husband may be coming home, right? Um, and he says, he puts, the first thing he does is he puts the cigarette out in like the, there's like some lettuce in a bowl that she's like cooking. And he says, I'm fine with that if he comes home. Um, and, and then he tells Yasuko like, that basically like, he doesn't care what happens. Like, he, he says, I think he says exactly, he says, I don't care what happens to me. And then he like walks away from her to go to the bathroom. And Yasuko's kind of just like contemplating what he just told her. Like he doesn't care what happens to her. And then she sees him go into the bathroom. And then when she when he closes the door, she starts to like call out to to her son, right? To Kudos, but she's trying to be quiet, right? But of course, when she calls out to him, he yells back very loud, like, what? You know, and this makes this makes the salesman open the door and peep his head out and smile. Right. And so immediately she covers and she just she says dinner's nearly ready. And then, of course, her son says, OK. OK. <clears throat> so at that point, we see them all sitting at the dinner table eating dinner. Right. Um, and and Takuto sitting next to his mom on one side and the salesman sitting on another. And I think uh, he asked Takuto, like, what time he goes to bed? And he says around eight. And he tells him, like, that's really early. And, and and you get the sense that, like, he's just, like, he wants the kid to go to bed. Uh, but then he says, your dad's missing dinner. And then he says, no, my dad's not coming home tonight. So at that point, the salesman looks at, uh, you know, at Yasuko, like, you know, I caught you in a lie, right? 
And when when and then he smiles and takes his. I think he, at this point he actually takes his coat off. I think he only took his scarf off. I said he took his coat off, but he hadn't at this point. That's when he takes his coat off, um, and he pours himself some more like beer, and you're just like wondering like oh like what the fuck's gonna happen right? Um, and I th- in fact, uh, the beers he the beer he pours himself a beer and the the bottle's empty, so he asks if if she can get another one, and so. Y- I think that's when she gets up, right? And then as she's walking away with the bottle, she breaks the beer bottle over his head from behind, then walks back and grabs her son, right? And then Takuto at this point is like, what the, you know, he's got this face, his mouth open. And she runs with, grabs his son from the table and starts to run away. And at this point, the salesman is like grabbing onto her and she tells Takuto to run as he grabs a hold of her and like Takuto's at the door trying to unlock the door, but he can't because he's so short. He can't get the chain lock off. So his whole fight just fucking breaks out in the living room between the salesman and, and, and it's fucking mayhem, right? Like it's fucking mayhem. She like literally Yasuko was like throwing whatever fucking thing she can get her hands on as, as to, to, to fight off, to fight off this fucking, this psychopath, right? She's throwing fucking, fucking statues and pieces of furniture at him. It's, it's fucking absolute chaos. And then it gets this cool moment of her sort of like running through the, the cameras, like doing this sort of like spinning and, and kind of like moving through the, the apartment. And then she like sprays him in the face with something in his eyes that kind of like temporarily blinds him. And then she grabs like a, uh, one of those like, uh, fucking grilling forks from from the utensils that are hanging above of the sink as he's like down on the on the floor of the kitchen holding his eyes and she runs out she doesn't do nothing with the fork she actually like watches him and she runs out to go find Takuto and she goes to the door and sees that he's not there so of course at this by this time the salesman is able to like recover and but he's super pissed now you know what I mean so he's coming after her so she's she's still got that fork right and she grabs I think she grabs like some more shit. She grabs like some roller skates and an umbrella. And then she, she runs into the bathroom and she gets in the bathroom and locks the door. And that's the kudos in the tub hiding. Right. So there's this moment. And again, this is when I said earlier, like this moment, I mean, this comes, it's definitely reminiscent. This might be riffing off the shining, right? Cause I think the shining came out before this, but, but I feel like this is the moment specifically when I think of the French film inside, like we're, there's a moment where, they're in the bathroom, right? Um, locked in the bathroom. It's just her and her son. And the salesman is on the other side trying to get in. And this is when the chainsaw fucking that was set up earlier in the beginning, her husband's chainsaw that was on the balcony, we see the chainsaw blade come through the, the fucking door. Um, and he's like trying to cut through the door of this chainsaw. And she's like whacking the chainsaw. First, she's like tries to whack the blade with, with the the umbrella she has grabbed. And of course the umbrella gets, you know, that's useless. So then she grabs the, 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 I mean, it literally gets cut by the chainsaw. So then she grabs the, the fork, the fucking like grilling fork. And she's like hitting the grilling fork against it. And it's like sparking against the metal. And then like, we see his, the chainsaw blade come out cause he's made a hole and he reaches his hand through toward the door and she stabs his hand with the tuning fork. Now, at this point, that moment in time, he pulls his hand back out and he, we see the chainsaw come back through the door. So she goes back over to Takuto and he's in the tub and she's telling him, like, you have to fight. She even, like, smacks him. She says, listen, you know, you have to, we need to fight back. You're like, you need to be strong. 
And so Takuto, you know, he, he nods his head like, okay. And she gives him a roller skate. And it's fucking funny because we watch as they both stand on each side of the door and like smack at the chainsaw blade. Takuto with the skate and then her with the fucking fucking grilling fork. Um, and I'm like, this isn't an effective method, but it's like, what else can they do? You get the sense like they just don't know what else to fucking do at this point, right? Now, at this point, this movie's fucking crazy. Um, like, it's this is this is like I said, this is probably like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Um, and it's just at this point, like all of everything that we've been building to just it's just it only goes up, right? So this chainsaw moment where they're where he's trying to get in at this point, he's hacked a huge hole in the door and he's got his, he's got the whole chainsaw through there. And it's like, literally it cuts, it cuts, it like catches the blade. Like the blade catches some of her hair and she cuts her a little bit. And this makes her really pissed off. Um, and then he finally stops. Right. And then we think we're going to get a brief moment of like calm before some more crazy shit happens. And that's exactly what does happen? He stops and and she's like looking through the door and she sees him peep, peep his face through and she stabs him in the side of the cheek with the fork and he pulls away and he's holding the fork and he and it gets a, it's a gore moment where he's got the fork stuck in the side of his cheek and instead of like pulling it out like straight out he just rips it out ripping a flap of flesh on the side of his face. Um, which again, now, if you think he's even, he was crazy before, this just makes him even more fucking nuts, right? So he's now got a fucking big chunk of flesh ripped out the side of his face. So he, he fucking grabs the chainsaw again, but he punches his hand through and says, I'm, he's open to, to, to open the door. And at this point she smashes his hand repeatedly with the others. Cause you remember she grabbed a pair of roller skates. Well, she has the second skate and Takuto still holds the other one and she's like basically breaks his hand by smashing it repeatedly with this roller skate so he pulls his hand out now he's got a fucking broken hand a a chunk of flesh out of his face um he's really fucked up but he's only just begun like she just started to fight and he's just starting to fight um and everything that that happens. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've talked about this movie all the way up to this point, right? Um, I'm over an hour into this episode and I really can't stress like that. This, this is what you're watching the movie for. Like it's, it's well constructed. It's well, it's, it's all building, right? It's all building. And now that it's gotten to the escalation points, like this is this last 20 minutes, which is why I'm very, I'm trying to, to, to be as, I don't know, I want to get across what happens, but I also don't want to ruin the experience for you, uh, if you're listening, um, to, to seeing this movie, because this, again, everything that I've talked about up to this point, everything that happens, you know, after this point is really, is, 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 it's what's it's why you're watching. This is why you watch Door, right? Um, I will say a few things. I won't I won't ruin the rest of the moments because this final showdown, this bloody, extremely violent. It gets splattery. It gets gory. Um, 
There's a lot of it's it's it, it, it's a mother fighting for her life and to protect her son against a fucking nut, an absolute nut who will who will, who will who will not stop. Like he will not stop. She's going to have it's either going to be him or her, right? And I won't ruin uh exactly who comes out on top. I mean, I think you could make your assumptions and and it's not it doesn't even matter who comes out on top, really. Uh, I just don't want to ruin this last, you know, 15 minutes of this movie, right? But I will say this, right? Um, there's a moment where we believe after the bathroom that maybe he leaves, but he doesn't leave, right? He doesn't leave and he only makes, it's only, a, she she puts her son to bed, she puts the kudo to bed and at, then we discover he's still there. Right. And when she discovers she's still there, she runs out, puts Takuto under the bed and this chase through the house um, that I want to mention where it shows the salesman and it shows you uh, it, it show, I'm trying to describe it like if, if, if people are familiar with uh, Taxi Driver. Right. And there's a moment at the end of Taxi Driver. Right. Where it's this overhead shot of the inside of where Travis Bickle's like, you know, killing everybody inside this like, uh, uh, whorehouse or whatever. Well, there's a sequence at the end of this, like in this last, last, last moment in the movie. I mean, again, like I said, it's, this movie is the, this isn't ruining it. Okay. But there's a sequence where Yasuko and the salesmen are are basically it's it, they're fighting again, right? And they're running through the apartment, and there's an overhead shot that's showing them run through all the rooms. So you're seeing above, like you know, there's no roof. This is clearly a set. Like this whole this whole apartment is clearly a set. This is the only way they could achieve a shot like this. But you could see from overhead as they go from room to room, running through the hallway, struggling and fighting. And it's such a great shot, well-constructed shot like that, that like it's I just had to you know, like I just had to mention it because it's cool as fuck. Right. Um, but, yeah, the final showdown. Before we reach the end of the final showdown, this sequence plays itself out, right, where they're fighting through the house. Uh, and I just couldn't not not like talk about that for a second just to highlight sort of the filmmaking technique, because something I did not mention about uh, Bon Mai uh, Takahashi is that he started in pink making pink films. Now, listeners of MAS know that. This podcast is no stranger to pink films. I've talked about multiple pink films. I talked about Maniac Driver with the director of Maniac Driver, um, Karando Mitsutake. Um, I talked about, uh, the glamorous life of, uh, how was it? Was it, uh, the glamorous life of Sachiko, uh, Hanai, which is another pink film. Um, well, I've mentioned in those, I've probably mentioned in those other episodes and even, even, uh, uh, a movie that's not a pink film, but it, it much like this movie was directed by a pink uh, a, 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 a filmmaker who started in, in making pink films, which was way back when I talked about Gonin. Um, 
that was that was that was early episode where I talked about Gonan, right? Um, I think I talked about Gonan with with Grant Womack. Uh, but Pink Films, you know, these softcore Japanese films, um, a lot of real filmmakers, filmmakers started doing Pink Films. There's a lot of Pink Films that are actual, legitimately shot films. So when I say like, oh, the, when I point out the filmmaking in Door, you know, um, and sort of like the technical, so how, how technically uh, accomplished certain aspects of this movie are and like the sequences, like the overhead shot of them fighting through the, through the, through the apartment. Um, I want to mention that like the director, you know, uh, 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 Banmai uh, Takahashi started in pink films um, before he before he graduated to to uh, actually making you know more traditional you know I hate to say real real films you know what I mean but but he definitely he got his start as a screenwriter first um, he, he he was just writing pink films he wrote a whole bunch of pink films before uh, forming his own production company. Um, in fact, uh, I think his first movie, um, which stars the same actress in door, um, his, is his, like his, his actual, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember the name of this, his first movie. It's called Tattoo Ari, right? And Tattoo Ari is, uh, Takahashi's film that was based on the life of a, a murderer. I think the, the name of the murderer is Akeyoshi Umakawa. Um, and sort of at that point, and I think that movie he did in 1982, right? Um, I think it was an actual box office hit, a mainstream one, you know what I'm saying? And I think he won like uh, some awards for it at some festivals. And at that point, this is this was the springboard for him to make movies that weren't pink films that were actually you know real real movies um i mean in fact you know i feel like i might return to to takahashi um and talk about some of his other movies i mean I, he's definitely a you know an mas filmmaker you know, like I think again, I just really, I really, I really think Door is is a great movie. Um, instantly jumped to one of my favorites. Uh, so after watching it, I was like, I got to do an episode about this. I got to talk about this movie. I didn't ruin the movie. Um, <laughs> I did do uh, a good portion of the beat by beat, uh, w but without really getting into the nitty gritty of uh, the last, you know. 20 minutes of this movie. I mean, I got into it a little bit, but I saved, I, I promise I saved a lot of the, a lot of the good stuff. Uh, I left a lot of the good stuff, um, out that happens at the end. Like I said, I don't tell you what happens at the end. So, uh, do yourselves a favor. Um, go and watch door. Um, like I said, if you're a patron, I got you, I can hook you up. Um, and if you're not a patron, you know, you can wait till October and you can get pick up that new Blu-ray that they're releasing. But either way, go watch Door.
and stop jerking off. Peace. Yeah. What? What do you mean? Praise God every day. Stop jerking off. Stop jerking off. Stop jerking off. Stop. Stop jerking off. Stop jerking off. What? Stop jerking off. Stop jerking off. What you doing, man? Read the word of God. Put your hand on that Bible and stop jerking off. Take your hand out your pants. That's a sin. This is not no game. You can't let the devil win. Live your life to God. Let the Holy Spirit in. If you don't, then this cycle ain't gonna never end. Jesus Christ can see what you do Jesus died for me and for you Every word he spoke is the truth Don't believe me, read the Bible, that's the old and the new 1 Corinthians 6, 18 what is Stay that? away from sexual immorality that's right. Matthew 5, 28, that's adultery Follow Jesus Christ and you will be set free Follow Jesus Christ is the only way Pick up a Bible, pray to God and put the part away It will set you free Stop checking off, stop checking off Stop jerking off! Stop! What? Stop jerking off! Yeah! Stop.